0: My loves, let me ask you something. Are you ready to dive deep? Or do you feel like you need some time away from the people, place, and things that make up your current life? It could be both. You're like, I need to get the fuck away from everything and everyone. And I'm also ready to take my spiritual path to the next degree, honey. Okay? Regardless of what it is, I got you. There's two legendary, amazing, delicious opportunities for us to practice together in person this year. The first one is at the iconic Omega Institute in New York, upstate New York. And the second one is in Mykonos, Greece, honey. And both of these retreats are gonna be a combination of the spiritual dance practice, also known as the SAT Method, also known as the spiritual workout and Dharma Talks. So let me break this down for you. The Sun method, for those of you who are like, what the fuck is that? It's a practice. Uh, it's an experience, it's a it's a it's a performance art healing experience that I created um, that combines ecstatic dance, meditation, breath work, and mantra. And these four practices are here to activate, amplify, and energize the four qualities in your heart, according to Buddhist psychology, which are love, compassion, joy, and wisdom. So during the retreat and in, in upstate New York is five days, excuse me, six days, five nights, and Greece is eight days, seven nights. I'm gonna tell you more about this in a second. But during the retreat, we're going to dance, we're going to dance twice a day, okay? And dance as much as you want, move as much as you want. But the whole purpose of the, of the movement is for you to actualize what you learned during the theory part where we're going to sit around and I'm going to explain to you through through the the my interpretation and my understanding my studies of buddhist psychology I'm going to give you all that I know during that dedicated you know retreat time away from the people place and things that make up your current experience you're going to be devoted towards your heart towards your liberation therefore you're going to be able to then actualize that which you learn during theory in the dance floor, and then you're going to be, be able to bring that all back into your life once you leave the retreat. Going to retreat has been one of the best things that I've ever done for myself. It has changed my life. And you've heard, if, you, if you're a listener, uh, an avid listener to the podcast, you've heard me talk about going on retreats over and over again. If you've read my books, you know that going on spiritual retreats is how we take our practice to the next Level. Oftentimes, we do need to take time away from people, place, and things that make up our current life in order for us to truly discover who are we really and what is it that I want to do in my life. And maybe you're like, I already know who I am and I'm already happy with what I'm doing in my life, but you want to actually bring more joy, more bliss. You actually want to be happier, more playful, more lighthearted, more lightheartedness into your life. This retreat, these retreats are for you. You can either come to one or you can come to both. It doesn't matter. The point of the psalm method, the spiritual workout, the spiritual dance practice is for us to say fuck off to people that says that when you are a disciplined spiritual practitioner, you become more serious. That is a lie. Okay. The truth is, the deeper you become, the 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 deeper you 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 enter into the spiritual path, and the more you're disciplined about your spiritual liberation, the more playful and light-hearted, and more smiles and more humor and more laughter your life becomes filled with. Okay. So click the links in the show notes, and I hope to see you at, in Upstate New York at the iconic, legendary Omega Institute. Uh, let me tell you the dates. Uh, upstate New York is June nineteenth through the 24th. Okay. And Greece is, um, October 8th through October 15th. Okay. And if you have any questions or concerns about the retreats, when you click the link in the show notes, um, or so you can visit my Instagram bio or my TikTok bio to get all the details for the, for the retreats. If you have questions, just go onto the retreats website and, and click over there to find out how you can talk to the retreat producers. They're both amazing powerhouse companies that are producing my retreats. They will be able to help you with anything you need, okay? I love you all so much, and I cannot wait to practice with you and get free with you. Love you. Peace. Hello, my loves, and welcome back to the Spiritually Sassy Show. The following podcast was recorded live on Quilt. Here's how I want to start today's Dharma talk. What's in your lineage is in you. I want us to, um, I want to share with you, first of all, that I did this TEDx talk about transgenerational trauma. And I think TEDx, the company chose this the, the title or the subheading, I forgot what it is, saying it didn't start with you. It didn't start with you. And and I, I took a lot of refuge in that. I had a massive alliance with that statement. I thought that that was such a it was such a freeing way to live that I could now blame my grandmother and and her and her my grandmother for my suicidal uh, uh, ideation, and I could blame uh, my dad for my addiction, and I could blame my grandmother's first son. For my inadequacy and so forth and so on, and I and I had sort of built this entire program that I that I walked people through, and there was a lot of revelation. There was a lot of freedom in that, right? But then there was a texture of blame, and there was not a texture of accountability and agency and deep interdependence. You know, the theory of the interbeing, how we're deeply interconnected deeply interdependent in how what we do in a present moment affects our past and it affects our future. right? So when I did this talk, I, I spoke about how my grandmother and, and trigger warning, I will talk about suicide and I will talk about addiction and I will talk about painful things in today uh, today's talk. But um, how we always do pretty much, but I just want to uh, preface right preface for those of you who may be in a fragile state today, this might be the time to kind of exit. Um, I, I wish it to stay because you're stronger than you think. So, but I just wanted to preface by saying that. So, anyways, when I did this talk, I had done research around. Um, I, I had found this this uh, this researcher, this this doctor called Dr. Rachel Yahuda. She researched um, survivors from the Holocaust, and she realized that. There is um, traumatic events linger through chemistry. And I did this talk maybe like five years ago. I don't even know how long it was. It was in 2017 uh, or 2018. God knows the time. I'm just so out of the, the time loop right now. But, anyways, I quoted her research in the talk and I and I spoke about the fact that that perhaps I am living the this this um this I'm living out. My genetic makeup, my chemistry is built on all these traumatic events that have happened in my lineage. So I can blame them for who I am today. I can blame them for my despair. I can blame them for my addiction. And, and that, that brought freedom, like I said, to me at some point. Right? That brought, that brought a sense of, of like, okay, so it didn't start with me. But then as I started to research and study and integrate and actualize karma, right? Through, through a Buddhist perspective, I started to understand that there was no one to blame. That it's truly about what we have done, not this, not this iteration of, of, this, of this person that, she, that we all label as Sa. Not this merely labeled experience called Sa. It was these, the, the past iteration of this expression of consciousness in the past, in the past, and the past, all the consequence of all these previous iterations of this consciousness that we now, this expression of consciousness that we now merely label as Sa, I'm living on the consequence of all these past actions, of every single previous iteration, incarnation of, of my current experience, of my current expression, right? Are we communicating? Are we arriving somewhere? Is this too far out? Is this too far out? So, when I started to, to then develop my mind and my, my understanding of karma, I realized that I am the one that is in full charge, and I am the one who is the creative director of my life. Therefore, it's not that, my, it's not that I have addiction because of my grandmother or suicide because of my grandmother and addiction because of my dad and, and, and a sense of deficiency and inadequacy because of my, my grandmother's first son. No. No. Here's what this what today's talk is about. It's about a merger of transgenerational trauma and karma together, weaving these two systems in one. What's in your lineage is, me, is in you through an understanding that I chose this family and I chose this lineage. I chose, right? We walk through the hallways in between lifetimes, the hallways of the afterlife. And we say, I want that family because they, us together, we share the same tendencies. We share the same neurotic tendencies, and we also share the same enlightened qualities, right? So with this in mind, we now have um, just a, a responsibility, but also a way to recognize more aspects of who we are by looking at our ancestral lineage. You know what I mean? So now, if I break it down for you, my grandmother, she had a son, and her son was brown skin, okay? And she remarried to now my grandfather, mom's side. This is all mom's side of the family. So my my mom's mom had a son. He was brown-skinned because her first husband was a brown man. My grandma was also a brown woman. And, And then she remarried now a white man who didn't like brown or black bodies. And this man happens to be my grandfather. So this stuff is deep, right? This stuff is deep that we're talking about here today. So... When she remarried, my grandfather started to change his mindset about, about people of color. But my grandfather's sisters didn't change their mind about people of color. They actively would brutally abuse this young man. His name was Orlando. Praise Orlando. I wish you, you know, the, 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 your next iteration to be. Filled with so much, so much grace and so much support and adoration and care and love, right? So now let's keep going through the lineage. I just had to offer a blessing for his existence. My grandmother is is, is now feeling extremely upset and and really in, in in this kind of like despair around the fact that her husband, her husband's uh, sisters don't like her son, who's brown, who's brown skin. I can't tell you how many times i felt this. I can't tell how many times I've looked around in my family now. If you guys have seen my family on social media, you guys know that I look very much like my dad, but my mom is light skin with green eyes. My sister's light skin with, she doesn't have very light eyes, or my brother doesn't have light eyes, but they're all extremely light-skinned. And then there's me. How many times I've looked around in my family, when we were all just being lazy on the couch on a sunday afternoon be like who the fuck are you guys i have no idea who you are i don't belong here a sense of a sense of inadequacy a sense of like i don't belong here okay so orlando my grandmother's first son then develops a skin disease that's right develops a skin disease and dies when he's 18 years old of a skin disease he dies of a skin disease that he developed. And don't you think that this that this psychosomatic, that, that this skin disease that took his life was a, was a psychosomatic response to this constant psychological abuse? They would put him in closets. They would hide him when people were around the house. They would take him out of family photos. They treated him like an animal. You know, they treated him like a, like a a, just they treated him like a anyways, they treated him like a demonic creature, you know, simply because of his skin color. So then he dies. And then guess what? Now my grandmother now has four kids with my grandfather. After she has all four kids, my mom is now about 10 years old. She then kills herself. My grandmother now kills herself, right? and someone speculate, right? And I I'm speculating not just from just not just from like my own fabricated um, imagination, but speculating based on things that my mother who's very articulate about this experience and also about her her brother, Marcio, who who's very very um open about about a lot of a, a lot of the speculation that I'm sharing with you guys right now. And I'm only sharing all this because it's, it's, a, it's a vital piece to my puzzle and it's a very necessary understanding that will offer it to you guys in your own life as learning about your lineage, right? So then she takes her own life, so she kills herself, right? And then my mom grows up as a pretty nomadic, never being loved in, in, in all the ways that a child needs, never being supported, in the ways that a, that a young woman needs you know undergoing um, a lot of a lot of pain and surprisingly you know making it and then when my mom now marries my dad here's how the pattern continues she is now my dad loves my mom but my dad's sisters have all been tremendously abusive to my mom to such a degree that I took a stand in my early teens that I wouldn't go to grandma's house anymore. Now we're talking about my dad's side of the family, right? That I wouldn't go to grandma's house anymore because I would stay, would stick with my mom. Because that family, I would say in my mind back then, they were fucked up and I was just sick and tired of them abusing my mom. And if they're abusing my mom, they're abusing me. So I said, enough. No more. I'm not dealing with this shit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dealing. No, I'm not, excuse me. I am dealing with it, but I'm not partaking in it. I'm not going to go there and leave my mom at home on a Sunday when the whole family's together and and pretend that everything's okay when it's clearly not. So you see how these patterns they continue to to happen, they continue to 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 come back again and again and again until. The breakers of generational curses, all of us listening right now arrive in a scene. And we say, Enough is enough. Enough is enough. But if I look at my lineage, my immediate lineage, right? My mom, my grandfather, and their kids, um, I can immediately see and get to know so much of my own despair and neurosis and. And and all the aspects of my suffering are so beautifully, beautifully I'm being ten, I'm being I'm being a tantrika right now, where I'm where I'm looking at, at at suffering through through a graceful lens, through the lens of grace. But I can look at all their expressions of their suffering, you know, and and actually be like, oh my God, I've I've lived, I am living each and every single one of your guys' pain in my own life right now. It's so wild to think about it like that. And so many people who say on the healing journey, I don't talk to my mom. I don't talk to my dad. I don't talk to my, I don't, I don't talk to any of these people. Yeah. To a degree, um, spaciousness is necessary and vital for healing. And then it comes a point for us to recognize that things that we don't like in them are in us too. As much as we, we may say, you know, and, and again, it's, it's, this is very complex and very paradoxical to speak because if your father or mother brutally abused you, you know I'm not saying that that kind of abuse um, is something that you will do to other people, but there's a texture of that, you know. There's a texture of that kind of uh, of 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 um, there's a texture to that kind of conditioning, to that kind of seed of of harm that lives inside of all of us. If our family has been seeded with a lot of harm and despair and confusion and anger and hatred and greed and selfishness, we say, oh, I don't have any of that shit. I'm free. It's like, look against this. Look against this. Because there is so much of everything that they have that is inside of us too. So when I speak about what's in your lineage is in you, it's for us to actually like raise our head above water, and get to know our family tree, get to know our ancestors from both sides, right? What are the psychic powers that they've had? What are the CDs that they've had? And what are the, the neurotic behaviors and tendencies that they've had and, and trauma that they've endured that perhaps I, I am living out a similar texture? It's not that we're going to live out the same traumatic experience. Is that perhaps, it's not that, let's say, Father had an addiction. It's not the same, it's not that I'm gonna be addicted to alcohol because he was addicted to alcohol. No, my addiction wasn't to alcohol, my addiction was to a variety of different other things. You know, I was addicted to chaos, I was addicted to overgiving, overdoing. You know, I was just hooked on the on the adrenaline chemistry. And that of course, the crash was so crashing. And so, and so blunt that then that led me to smoking pot. And then that led me to, to all kinds of different things. And then later on, then that's when I started a cocaine addiction. Um, But, but here's the thing, here's the thing. We do everything that we do. We, We repeat the patterns that we repeat in our family because of two things, because the texture, the seed of that suffering that they have is inside of, of us too and our desperate need listen close our desperate need to belong to our family to belong to our loved ones to belong to our society to belong to our environment or to, to belong our desperate need to belong then the seed grows because our desperate need to but let's say there is suffering there is this exact kind of seed of suffering in them and there's a, a, a similar seed of suffering inside of me and my desperate need to belong to my family, I ended up unconsciously creating the cause and conditions for that seed to to ripen, for that seed to blossom. Are we communicating? Is this landing for you? So every time these days when I actually have a, a resurfacing pattern that I'm like, oh shit, I've already dealt with this shit. Why is this back again? Every single resurfacing narrative that comes back into your mind, it's someone in your past lineage begging for your help, wailing for your support, screaming for your help. For the the breakers of generational cursors, we are the ones who can actually hear the wailing of our ancestors. Everyone else who's not awake Everyone else was asleep. They're only thinking about themselves. They're only thinking about their needs, their life, my trauma, my dreams, me, 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 me. Now, the breakers of generational curses, all of us here right now listening to this, our calling is to activate the interbeing, Where every single time something resurfaces in our mind and we're like, oh, I thought I, I healed through this. There isn't this thing of like, oh, fuck, I thought I've dealt with this shit. Oh, my God, why is this back again? There There is this spaciousness that opens up that says, okay, someone else needs my help. Someone else needs to be unshackled. And me in the here and the now hold the key for the unshackling. So me working through this shadowy aspect once again, I'm unshackling those who can do it. And I'm not only unshackling those who can do it in the past, but now I'm passing down the torch for those who come after us. Are we communicating? So each and every single time we are creating a lineage based on freedom, based on compassion, based on wisdom, on love, and joy, and optimism, and enthusiasm and courage. So don't be discouraged if there is something else, if if, if that suffering, that texture of the suffering resurfaces again. Think about the fact that you now are unshackling someone else from the past. And you're now passing down the keys into a future generation that won't need to experience this. Are we communicating? Are we communicating? So each and every single time I get surfaced, I get I get resurfaced with a wave of things that I felt like I had dealt with already and they're back. I pause and I remind myself, I'm doing the work for all the generations who come before me who couldn't do it. I'm doing the work for all the generations who come after me that won't need to do it. So write this down. I'm doing the work for all the generations who've come before me who couldn't do it. And I'm doing the work for all the generations who come after me who will not need to do it. Because it's the true nature of life is healing. So everything that resurfaces is coming up because it needs to be healed. And because your healing is connected to my healing, and because uh, the past, present, and future are happening simultaneously, then therefore, therefore, we can't be taken down by the idea of doing it again. You're not doing it again the same way. You may feel like you're doing it again, but you're doing it different. Same, same, but different. You know, this is a big thing that we hear in, in Thailand or different parts of, uh, of, of, of Southeast Asia. Same, same, but different it's that it feels the same it looks the same but it's different you know opening ourselves up to this potential of doing it again for them like that like that i'm Sadie simone and you've been listening to the spiritually sassy show if you haven't yet Go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and reveal this podcast. And join me next Sunday for another spiritually sassy conversation. Thank you so much for listening, and I love you.